And welcome to the Armchair Sports Guys. It is us, Sean Farhadi and G.J. Mitchell here on a Saturday. Matt O'Brien and Rich Mays won't be able to make it, but that's all right. We got a good show here today. Sean is going to put the link on our Facebook post, and you can feel free to, on your phone, hit that uh, link. You could dial in, give us a call. We could talk about anything that is on our segment list and sheet today. Uh, Sean, how you doing there, Chief? I am doing well, my friend. Doing well. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> uh, absolutely stupendous. Thank you for asking. But enough of the grab ass. We got a we got our Saturday shenanigans show. Obviously, a couple of fun, you know, nuggets and things that we like doing here. Uh, so the first thing we're going to start off with is uh, the Red Sox. Nice team you got there, Boston, huh? You just got. I'm not, I know they got two hit. So don't 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 you know. Let me get your panties in a bunch. All but right, you got one right, hit right. by the fucking Baltimore Orioles. One hit by the Orioles. All right, nice team. We'll go over that. Wow. We're gonna preview. Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna get into this, Sean. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a minute. I know. I we're know. gonna preview the game uh, too. Hauk gets the nod. I'm kind of excited. If you want to watch like baseball, that. let's watch today's game. You could skip every other game. Just watch today's game. Trust me on this. Uh, we're gonna discuss a little bit of. Uh, Sean brought the of a brilliant point uh mlb stupid weather um why are they so dumb uh our bruins preview and recap they got a game at one also the red Sox will be playing at one as well our celtics recap and preview and then obviously our ever famous jackass of the week just make sure you are following us on all our socials on facebook at the armchair sports guys on instagram at the armchair sports guys and twitter at armchair underscore guys also on the tiktok at the armchair sports guys. All right. Uh, let's see here. What, um, what shall we talk about? Well, I think we're going to talk about the obvious. We're going to talk about the, uh, the Red Sox and, uh, just how nice of a team you got there. Uh, Boston, um, you got one. I know again, like I said, (laughs) I, I get it. I know, I know it was two hits, but the first hit came off of, uh, Kiki. Do you love me? (laughs) <laughs> Hernandez uh, and that was it first hit of the game first first you know batter of the game gets the hit and they got nulled up until two outs in the ninth to get the second hit so I know it's two hitter but theoretically for the whole game 97.5% of the game you got one hit by the Baltimore Orioles and 18 in a row as well bravo good for you good 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 for you Oh, yep. Yep. This team's going to be fun to watch folks. Woo. Let's go Red Sox. Let's go Red Sox. (laughs) I will tell you this. I will tell you this. And Sean, you're going to love me for this. You're going to appreciate it. I did watch the entire game. Wow. All right. The whole game on. I was, I I didn't have the volume. I was listening to the radio. (laughs) Uh, Of course. No, but I had my eye. I had my eye on it. I knew what was going on. I knew he was getting one hit. I knew they were getting one hit. Um, and then when I had a chance to put the volume, uh, put the, uh, the game on, uh, you know, as far as, you know, with the, the volume, I was able to do that. And, and I was listening it was, it was brutal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. a tough opening day, uh, yep. tough opening day experience, but I mean, well, I mean, what, what was the, uh, what did I say to you guys? Like, this was the first opening day, uh, since before I was born, 1976 yeah. that they got shut out at home, uh, and, and, you know, one hit. Uh, yeah. So, but this hasn't happened since before I was born. And I'll tell you, 
I know what the wine tasted like when Jesus turned the water from it. So <laughs> I can tell I'm that old and the Red Sox did something that's even older than me. So again, nice team you got there, Boston. Oh boy. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long show, isn't it? It's gonna be a long season, dog. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean Cold day at Fenway. I don't yeah. know. See, this is the thing. We can almost roll right into this. We could make this one whole big topic. Why are we playing in Boston at the beginning of April? Yeah. It I, snowed in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. On did, you see day. The, did you see what, the home run that uh, Miguel Cabrera hit? That he's home. He got a home run. Yeah, he slid and he into slid second into base because he couldn't base. see. Yeah. And then he yeah. goes, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. And he starts running around. Meanwhile, ballparks in Texas are empty. There was a WWE event on opening day in Tampa Bay. It's like, why are we playing all our all our opening day games in in the Northeast in cold weather? Like it's snow. What are we doing? Yeah. I don't understand. So I mean that that'll bring me to to yesterday. I mean it was a cold day at Fenway Park. Playing baseball in the cold sucks. I don't know. Yep. I mean I grew up playing baseball in New England, man. Your muscles are tight. You don't want to move. You just want to sit in a dugout and put a big puffy coat on and not yep. do anything else. So I mean. Tough conditions yesterday, and especially when you run into a guy that throws a changeup that disappears. Oh, that... He was on fire. That kid was lights out yesterday. So, I mean, I'm not going to put a whole bunch of stock into how the Red Sox played yesterday. I mean, obviously, you like to see a little more life on opening day than that. But when you run into a kid that's pitching like that, I mean, yeah, he was Means. pretty much untouchable yesterday. Yeah, Means he was, was untouchable. Filthy. Yeah, John Means. John I mean, Means. That changeup. He probably threw that changeup 100 times in that game. He, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he thing. threw that 95% of his pitches. But – yeah, he had them off-balance the entire game. Yep. There was a – I, I want to say it was Hunter Renfro maybe was up. Struck out and, three times. Right. Yeah, but no, I, I, I'm i thinking about the pitch, uh, the pitch sequence. So Renfro's oh, a righty. Yeah. So Renfro's a righty. He yeah, really threw the changeup that went basically – if this is the thing, it was like right here on the corner, right, but not on the corner corner, just up oh, a yeah, little yeah. higher on the outside and like towards the left-handed batter box. This guy means through that same pitch twice in the exact, exact same, same spot. Oh yeah. And I was like, Whoa, I mean to do it once and nail that, but then literally come back with the same pitch and just hit that spot. And, and, and Renfro was clueless. He clueless. threw the same pitch three times in a row and he, yeah, he swung yeah. on all three of them. Yeah. I mean, he right, struck but out that, three but the times third, yesterday. The third pitch was a little bit, a little bit in, but I think it was a fastball. Yeah. But yeah, but, but that, those two, the same, those I mean, two change you right on the it, outside corner it, were money. It, yeah. It was like watching somebody throw two darts in the exact, oh, exactly, same spot. For sure. Yeah. That's, a, that's, really, a, and that's how it was all day yeah. for him yesterday. He was, he good. just, he, he was on, he was dialed in. That kid was unreal yesterday. So, yep. and you know, and then you think, well, you take him out. I mean, that's for the most part, you go seven innings, seven shutout innings. The other team is looking at you going, oh man, when is this guy coming out? So you would think when they took him out and they brought somebody in from the bullpen, you think the Red Sox bats would be like, oh, Jesus, you know, like change the mindset. At least we're nope. – and then bring in a guy that throws 97 consistently. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? To go from 81, 82, that changeup that they've been missing all day to having your hair blown off by a 97-mile-an-hour fastball in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, I mean, that's tough to do. And it's – it's there's no excuse for it. I mean, you got to – you got to – that's not the best guy you're going to see this season. I mean, there's a guy up in New York named Garrett Cole – that throws yeah. about a hundred miles an hour and has a dirty changeup. He's a better pitcher than John Means is. So yeah, they're gonna have to. Uh, and you know what? It's early. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dump on him too hard. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfect storm yesterday. Cold. The balls weren't going anywhere. I mean, you see that ball that uh, Dahlbeck hit that. Eckersley yeah. <laughs> called it a home run off the bat. Yeah, and it, I, it didn't I even did hit the, the wall. It landed, it landed at the front of the warning track. I, so I, I mean, said the, the same the thing. I go. Too. I go. That's gone. 
I mean, it's, oh yeah, again, I, I thought I was, so too. I just, I didn't even, I wasn't even looking at it. I go, Oh, that's gone. And I looked up. I was like, I want to see where this some bitch lands. And next thing I know the <laughs> camera angle from the nothing, it's like, wait, wait, wait. He comes back down and the guy catches it and smiles. I'm like, I've never wanted to punch my TV more just to hit his teeth. Even though I know it's not physically possible, but man, like his just smile was like, yeah. Like you guys thought it was going to be a home run. Like, Oh, F you, oh yeah. I, I thought for sure. I was oh. like, Oh, he got him. He got yep. him. But no. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a great game. I mean, but hey, on, look on the bright side. Evaldi pitched a pretty solid five and a third, I believe, five and two thirds, whatever it was. Um, you know, I mean, the big the big downfall yesterday was Matt Andres when he came in and walked two guys, loaded the bases, and then you know, Kike Hernandez at the same time had that big error. It could have been a yeah. double play ball. So, yep. I mean, just little they got things. picked off a of first too. Like what? Yeah, I mean, well. I mean, I can't believe they reviewed that in the opening day game in the first inning. It's unreal. Yes. They took, and they took about seven minutes to do yeah, it, too. So. I was just going to say about I seven mean, minutes. That's, hey, a, uh, that's we got, uh, Joe West for you. Yeah, no shit. Cowboy Joe wants it all to be about him. Uh, we got a, uh, somebody calling in, so hold on one second. Caller, welcome to the Arctic Sports. Guys, what's going on? I step away for a little bit of time. <laughs> and all I hear is you guys bad-mouthing the best team in the world, the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you, you, you're damn right. <laughs> hey, I'm not bad-mouthing them, Mike. I, I think they're going to be good this season. I'm the only one defending them. It's been me versus George since January on this. Uh, it's like nothing ever changed. What's up, boys? How you What's doing, happening? Bob? God, it's so good to not hear Matt and Rich. <laughs> it's so nice to not be able to, especially Matt. I love Rich, but especially Matt. I hope he's listening because I know he is. And he's missing out on this legendary phone call. <laughs> What's happening? Not much, man. Not much. Thanks for uh, calling in. Yeah, I, I, I penciled you guys in. Hey, thanks. Out of my, out of my, busy, my busy schedule. And taking over the world it takes a lot of effort and time. That is very true. Well, so if uh, I guess we could wire at least on the uh, phone. So Mike is uh, Mike was toying with the idea of uh, of doing his own thing. And he is, he's uh, got a show coming up starting uh, live April 9th, this uh, coming Friday, 7 PM. Uh, the most kick-ass music you need to play loud from the good old days mm-hmm. of rock and roll to the headbangers ball area. Uh, it's called the takeover. Uh, you can follow him on uh, Instagram, the takeover WRB uh, as he will be there starting this coming Friday, right? Yes, sir. Nice. Friday. I'm also on, uh, I'm also on Tuesday's show six to nine. Nice. On Wave Radio Box. So I, I got I got double duties. I'm, I'm putting the work good, in. My friend. Very good. Excellent. Well, yeah, I gotta, I'm excited I gotta, for Friday. I got to ask. Yes, we are very excited for Friday. Um, I got to ask you, what um, what are your thoughts on this Red Sox team while we have you on the phone? They suck. <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's like nothing ever changed from 2019. And you can't I mean, you can't blame the weather. Yeah, it sucked. But when they canceled the game on was it Thursday? Because of, of inclement weather, it cleared up, and then it was sunny out. So I, I know I know it sucks, Sean. You said it sucks playing in the cold, and it does. It definitely sucks playing baseball in the cold because you're standing around most of the time. But they could have played a game. I just I, I look at the team now. Unless they're playing possum already, <laughs> one one game in, they're already playing possum. I don't know. I have you guys no are high too hope harsh. Here. You guys are too harsh, man. This team's gonna be fine. They're going to be fine. Well, you can't tell me they can pitch and hit because they did neither yesterday. Yes, I understand that, but it's one game. I'm not giving up faith yet. I'm I'm not giving up faith yet. I think they're going to be all right. They're going to put it together. 
they did one thing that I absolutely fucking love. And I've been saying it since I was on the show with you guys before. And I'll say it until I'll die in the hill. I hate teams that keep players just because of names. So they cleared out all their names. They have what? Chris Sale, who is essentially just a bullpen coach now. (laughs) So you got, they cleared the team out. It's making room for more guys. Hopefully they make some moves in the, in the, during the season and bring some guys in, but it's a whole new team and no one knows them. And that's the biggest complaint I've been hearing for Red Sox fans. Oh, we don't, we don't know the team. We don't know anybody. Good. I don't want to know anybody. I don't want to know anybody now (laughs) in life. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap this up. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) All right. Well, Mike, thanks. uh, Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, Just want to call, show you guys some love, man. You, you, you guys are still killing it. I'll, uh, I, I will make damn sure to give you guys the proper shout outs as much as I can on, uh, on both shows, especially my show, because I'll have a little more power. But uh, funny. nice, yeah. Thanks, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for letting me call in. I'll, uh, I'll be on soon, you guys, man. Love right. it, love it. Uh, again, that's and in, uh... and in case, and, and in case Rich and Matt are listening. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Mike. We appreciate you. We love you too, bro. All right. Love you, boys. Talk to you later on. Later. That is uh, Mike Lachance, who is joining us. Uh, just called in. I didn't realize that. Uh, again, follow him on the TakeOver at WRB. Uh, his new show starting Friday. Uh, but I do want to touch base on um, on today. So obviously, I mean, I, yes, my exuberance for them losing today is, is just, a new day. Yes. My exuberance from losing is, uh, is just being a total ass, which I'm happy to do. Um, but it does, it, it, it does. I mean, game one, you figure you come out with a little more, you know, piss vinegar and fire and ready to go, you know, than uh, than you did yesterday. So I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping they stay snap back. They, uh, again, Tyler, uh, uh, Hoke is there. Um, Tanner Hauk. Tanner Hauk. Hauk. I believe it's Hauk, yeah. Uh, he's going to be the starter. Uh, you know, I, I'm young, excited about him for sure. I was going to say, he's the young stud uh, that they're, uh, they're giving a shot to, um, you know, in the rotation Early. where they need. I think it's smart. I do too. Uh, the lineup is out. I'm going to give it to you real quick. Uh, Hernandez, uh, Kiki Hernandez in the outfield. Uh, Alex Verdugo, uh, DJ, uh, uh, J.D. Martinez, Santa Bogarts, Rafael Devers. Uh, Gonzalez, Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, Frenchie Cordero makes his debut. And, That's awesome. Uh, and Plawicki, uh, Kevin Plawicki will be catching today. So, um, what do you, uh, what do you expect out of, uh, Hauk? And what are you also expecting out of, um, out of this lineup as well? I mean, you can see, you know, Bogarts is fourth, Devers is fifth, JD third. I mean, those guys really need to start getting going, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a good time for the media lineup to set the precedent, you know. I mean, it's only the second game, but obviously it's got to be better than yesterday. I mean, they, they didn't do anything offensively. One hit through through seven innings is brutal. I mean, that's that's not going to get it done against anybody. Even if you don't give up any runs, you're still not going to win a game hitting with one hit. So, um, obviously, see the offense maybe get rolling. It'd be nice to see them string some hits together, maybe get a rally going early in the first or second inning. Maybe put the uh, – Put the pitcher. I don't know who's pitching for Baltimore today. I haven't looked. But Baltimore is Matt. Is it uh, Matt Matt Harvey? Matt so, yeah, Harvey, I mean, the Dark Knight. Yeah, that, that's a they guy who spent some money on him. Am I correct? Right. That's a guy who you know you get in his head early. He's he can 
you know, implode, true. implode on his own. But I mean, just by design, that's how he has been in his career. But I mean, he's a good pitcher. So it's going to be tough again today. It's not going to get any easier than it was yesterday. So they're going to have to string some hits together. You know, you'd like to see anybody start mashing the ball. Well, looks like I lost Sean. Um, I'll kind of uh, pick up his thought. You know, uh, again, we were talking about the Gita Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. Um, you know, those three guys in that lineup, you know, three, four, five, they're going to have to pick up a lot of that. They're going to have to be the new, you know, collection. Those three guys going to have to collectively be the new David Ortiz, Manor Ramirez. So you're hoping, and I know it sounds crazy to say this, but you're hoping to have three of your biggest bats have a combine uh, of the two of the biggest guys ever in Red Sox history back to back. So that's what I'm hoping for these guys, uh, you know, at least at this point right now. Um, so, and again, you're going to need, you know, Kiki Hernandez, you're going to need Verdugo to, you know, jump in and get on the top of that lineup and really get into where, you know, these guys can get on base again. They, they got one. They, I know they got two hit, but they got one hit pretty much the whole game. You know, JD Martinez was the one who got the second hit, um, you know, last night in the ninth inning. So um, for me, I look at it and I say, it, it just like Matt was saying, get on Matt Harvey early, get on, you know, he's a guy that is mentally, you know, can break down and is somebody that you can get to if you need to, Um I shouldn't say if you need to, you can get to early in the game, then you should be able to get him off his game. He'll start, you know, not locating pitches or he'll start to get a little nervous or whatnot, which again, sometimes, you know, is how the pitcher goes sometimes is how like the defense goes. So, you know, if your pitcher is just rolling, right. Then the defense is feeling good. There's a, there's a rhythm to the game. Everybody kind of gets on that same page. Matt Harvey, if you get him off his rhythm, he has a, a tendency to kind of let it really get to him emotionally. And that can get the, the players in the infield. Uh, and then that hopefully that's, you know, spreads, spreads back to the outfield can get them off their rhythm, which can easily turn the game. Uh, as far as Tanner Houck, I mean, he's a, the number seven pitcher uh, prospect. Uh, he's going to fill in for Eddie Rodriguez, who uh, had to go out uh, on the 10 day to yell. Um, he was electric in the Sox three starts at the end of last season, three and oh, 0.53 ERA. Um, his one start, he fired solid six innings uh, against the Yankees with only one hit. So I look for big things out of him. Um, and I don't know. I'm really kind of just sort of, um, I'm just, I'm sort of disappointed with how they ended up, you know, um, playing yesterday again there were some it really wasn't a great game to watch um from you know obviously boston's perspective um but you know you had you know an error you know that base running blunder um i i just i didn't i just didn't see the red Sox, you know come up with a little fire and a little passion so you know obviously you know what we want to you know see today uh is that fire and passion um as sean is joining us uh just a moment um so, yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we get a, uh, you know, good pitching outing out of Hauk. I expect him to go, you know, six innings, you know, maybe 80 to 90 pitches. There you are. Welcome back, Sean. 
Uh, we can't hear you. All right. Well, he'll be back in just a second. Um, there Can we go. Me? Yeah. Now we got you, bud. Oh, on my computer. I'm going to try to get back on there. I just threw the phone on so we could still, uh, yeah. still talk. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I appreciate you. It was wild. I, I heard you say, I think we lost Sean, and then I could hear you for about another five minutes, but I was, I don't know, you couldn't hear me, so. Nope. Yeah, I couldn't. Get that going again. Yep. So you got that going for us, which is nice. Um, anyway, so I was just kind of following up and just uh, touching base about, you know, getting to Matt Harvey. You know, he he's more emotional on the mound, and that can shake into or rattle the players behind him. Um, and I expect, you know, that's why I expect the Red Sox to try and get to him early, jump on him early, like you were saying. And then with for for Hauk, I look for him to go out, just pitch his game. You know, he's got electric stuff. Um, you know, he he's certainly capable of pitching here in the major leagues. So I said, just go your stuff, six innings or so, 85. I'll, I'll bump it down to 85 because they may be a little conservative with the cold weather, but 85 to 100 pitches, depending upon how he's doing, as I think is limit today. And then you go to your bullpen. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, with Hauk, I mean, small sample size, but I mean, last year the kid looked dominant 3 and 0, 0.53 ERA. I mean, he's, he's got a live arm for sure. 21 strikeouts, only nine walks in his three starts. So, um, yeah, I, I think I agree. I, you look for more of the same of that. You want him to go out and it'd be nice if he could establish himself as a top of the end of the rotation guy. I mean, this is his opportunity to do it. So the fact that they believe in him enough to give him the second game of the season, I mean, obviously Eduardo Rodriguez is injured. Um, so it makes sense anyway, but at the same time, it's nice to see that they're going to actually give this kid a shot and hopefully he can come in and, and get him a win, you know, pitch well. Go. I see the thing I look for from guys like this is like how deep, I know you said probably only about an 80 pitch limit or maybe 80 to 100 at the most, uh, obviously. But how deep can he get into the ball game before he throws those 80 pitches? You know, is he is he laboring early on? Is he is he throwing a lot of pitches in the first and the second inning? Um, how well is he using his off speed pitches? Stuff like that. I mean, I think he's going to do well. He's, he's a good pitcher, young, obviously. But I mean, this is a good time for him to show what he's got and maybe become a leader in this rotation, especially whereas I, I just feel like with their luck and the way that things have gone the last couple of years, there's going to be guys going in and out of this rotation with injuries and stuff like that. So the more arms you have and the more guys that are confident and go out there and get you a win, the better off they are. So hopefully he can, like I said, do that again today. No, I, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I, I, again, I, I don't think you put a lot of pressure on the kid. I think um, I just tell him to go out and play. You know what I mean? Just go out and have fun, go out and play. Um, I do want to talk on uh, one real quick thing. I thought it was a really good story, and it sucks that it sucks that we don't have all the fans in the stands. Um, I thought uh, when Trey Mancini uh, came up to bat, uh, you know the, how classy the Red Sox fans are. Um, you know they would have you know given him a standing O. If you don't know the story of Trey Mancini, uh, he missed all of last year uh, fighting stage three colon cancer um, and beat it. And not only has beat it, but has come back to be stronger and better than ever and is back in the major leagues uh, for the Orioles. And I thought it was also touching. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can go right online um, to see it. Uh, was When Xander Bogats got on first, um, you know, he gave uh, Trey Mancini a, a big hug and, you know, and, and, and wished him well, you know, coming back. So I thought that was cool. Again, I, I, I've always been sentimental about baseball in general. I, I, you know, but even sports and that, that, that type of story, you know, covers any sport, you know? So I've, I've always appreciated that, that, 
you know, yeah, you may be in a competitive field of battle, so to speak, to use that sort of, you know, term. Uh, but deep down, these guys have a, 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 a mostly have a love and appreciation for, you know, their fellow competitor. And, and, and I love stories like that. I love to see stuff like that, especially from our Boston, uh, our Boston teams. Um, so, yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, I know, Sean, you were talking about the weather earlier. Um, I couldn't agree more um, about your weather, uh, you know, thought. You know, I mean, it it's it's kind of stupid that literally we've got all these like <clears throat> warm weather places to play baseball and you just front load the first couple weeks of playing on the road or at home, depending upon where you are, but draw a geographical line, so to speak, and anything below the, hey, use it to, you know, use a baseball term, make, put the Mendoza line on the U S all right. Put the Mendoza line on the U S if you fall below the Mendoza line, you're going to have a home opener earlier in the spring and you'll push the home openers for the uh, you know, above the Mendoza line back a couple weeks. Yes. Does it suck that every year the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, I mean, you know, uh, the Blue Jays could stay at home because they've got the dome, you know what right. I mean? Um, the Mets, the Orioles, possibly the Phillies, um, you know, uh, the, the Tigers, the Cubs, the, you know, the White Sox. Seattle, well, they get the dome, but still, teams like that that literally are going to have to play 10 games on the road. Yeah. That's what that's sure. it's weird. Sure. That's yeah, sure. Yeah. That's right. And I get it. And and I'll and I'll say this. Yes, that's probably gonna ha- that's probably gonna suck. No doubt. But guess what you get on the back end? You're in a pennant race, right? You need to win five out of the next eleven games to get into the postseason or 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 to win the pennant or something like that. Like down to the wire. You gotta you gotta keep winning or whatever. Would you rather have 10 out of your next 12 games or 10 out of your next 13 games at home? Yeah. Or 10, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely you would. You know, so now you get your home crowd behind you. You get the last stops. You get all these little minor intangible things that can go from, shit, we're on the road for them, you know, for the last, you know, three games or the last two series. That's a, almost a week uh, uh, away from home. And we don't have any fans behind us to rally us. There's no that intangible, that that feel, that the the energy from a ballpark. So yeah, you want to put me on the road, but I get to play in warm weather, and my hands don't sting uh, every time I, you know, I, 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 you know, you know, either catch it on the glove or, or crack the bat. Yeah, let's go. I get this. I can still drink, you know, my ties in 80 degree weather on my day off. Yeah, let's go. I can bring my golf clubs, which a lot of these guys like golfing. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand. <laughs> every every year when growing up, I mean, I remember the Red Sox at least had, I don't know, eight to ten game road, game road trip um, to start the season. They never started playing baseball at Fenway until the beginning of May. Yeah. April was. You were on the road to, for about a month. Every, yeah. All your games from the beginning of April into early May were on the road. At least probably two or three road series. They used to go out west. You know, they do the California trip or whatever you want to, whatever you want to do. Just put them somewhere where baseball is able to be played without having to worry about um, guys freezing up, their muscles tightening. This is a good way to get injured. You know, pitchers, 
how, how you got to keep your arm superheated in the dugout when you're playing in 32 degree weather or, whatever, or 36 degree weather, whatever it was yesterday at Fenway. But I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's stupid. I mean, yeah, I get it. They want teams to have opening day home games. Great. But you know what? People around here don't want to go sit. And I mean, and they will. But you know what? They'd much rather prefer to see a, an opening day game when it's 50 or 60, you know, or even 70 degrees out. You know what I mean? It's and yeah. see, just just to see a guy hit a home run and not even know he hit a home run because it was literally a blizzard at Comerica Park or whatever it's called now. Yep. And yeah, it's insane. That's insane. What if he hurt himself slide in a second on yeah. a home run that couldn't see? You know, I mean, it's just and obviously like it is what it is, but that's just stupid. It doesn't make sense. So I don't know. I, I just think they're going to have to. I mean. I don't I don't understand why they would continue to do this, especially where guys are more liable or more apt to get injured. It's just not conducive to playing baseball in April when it's 34 degrees out or whatever it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's not that enjoyable. I mean, my I, one of my cousins was there yesterday and she she was texting me and she said, this is miserable. She goes, not to mention the fact they were getting one hit. But I mean, yeah, take that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You have to deal with the weather, and then you go out there and you watch these guys just flailing at changeups. I mean, nobody wants to swing the bat when it's cold like that. Your hands hurt, your muscles hurt. And yeah, I get it. The professional. You, you also, don't play baseball in the Northeast. You just don't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing too is you've you've also come from a warm climate, you know, in yeah, Florida. Just, that that literally, you're coming from a warm climate, going to a cold climate. Your muscles haven't really adjusted. Your hands haven't adjusted. You're I'm not going to say, and maybe this is true. I don't know. I'm no scientist. I just play one on a podcast. Maybe with it being cold, the temperature difference, that, you know, difference in the density of the air, maybe your bat speed's a little slower because of that, you know, you know, and, and all of that goes into a fact. So, you know, maybe that fastball that you were teeing off on and hitting it, you know, four and a quarter to, to, to right center, maybe that thing's only going, you know, three, you know, two, 285 to 300, you know, and, and getting, you know, swing and a pop-up, you know what I mean? Like, who the knows? Ball, ball next ball yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The one we thought was a home run off the bat that landed two feet in front of the warning track. Yeah, I'll tell you, though, he, he got a hold of it, which gives me... Oh, he's, got, he's got a sweet swing. That kid's going to hit a lot of home runs this year, that's for sure. Yeah. He's definitely going to hit some out of the park. The question is, is can he, can he stay... Uh, can he keep his head on the ball when somebody throws him something off speed? Cause we know this kid can hit fastballs. Right. And I know people are going to try and challenge him. I get it. I understand the, the, the nuance of the game where, you know, veteran pitchers are going to try, Oh, you can't hit my 98 on the corner. Well, yeah. When he turns his hip and extends his arms and mo- crushes one, you know, over the monster seats and smashes somebody's windshield across the, the way. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to do that anymore. But when they take that same mentality, and they throw him something that's 86 with movement that darts away from him. Can he, can he lay off that or can he still keep his head in, extend his arms, get his wrist out and barrel that ball the same place. So it'd be interesting to see if he can, I'm, I'm not so sure early. Um, but I liked what I saw yesterday. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think it, It'll be beneficial for him working with guys like J.D. Martinez. I mean, obviously, it probably won't go into de- as deep of a a routine as J.D. Martinez has, or maybe he will. But, I mean, if he puts in the work, he should should have no problem being more adaptable to off-speed pitches and covering the whole plate. I mean, he's young. Kid looks like he's 16 years old, so it's in, it's, 
it's crazy to see him come up to bat. I mean, he's, he's got the face of a kid that looks like he just graduated high school. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the potential for him, for him is the ceiling for him is very high this season. And I think he's going to do well. I mean, that was my, that's my pick for early prediction for rookie of the year, Bobby Dalbeck. So. All right. All right. right. Down, if you want. Um, I think he's going to have a good season for sure. I just, yeah. And the things that you said are true. I mean, can he adjust? Is he, can he learn on the fly? Because I mean, right now he's, he's young. He hasn't, doesn't have a lot of time in the big leagues, 26 games. I think it was last season. So we'll see. I think, I think you raised a pretty good point there. Um, will he be able to mentally hang in there and adapt? Especially if he struggles early, you know, it's going to be tough to, to bounce back because I mean, he did have such success in his first 10 games. He had six home runs last year. So, I mean, that's obviously not going to be something he can uh, he can do consistently. But, I mean, if he can continue to, to work and put the work in, I mean, yeah, he'll be good. See, you can hate watch something and still get pleasure and enjoyment from it, folks. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, well, we'll see today again, game two, one o'clock. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, it should be, again, it should be a good one. Um, and it's going to be, for me, going to be very torn. Like, what do I watch? What do I listen to? Um, as another team will be playing at 1 o'clock, and that is the Bruins, who lost to the Penguins 4-1 for the Penguins getting their fifth straight win. Um, generally speaking, kind of an ugly game. Um, you know, two goals in the second, uh, Aston Reese and Matthews. Marshawn got one back halfway through the third. Um, at 11 14, but then, you know, about two minutes later, Zucker gets one and then, um, Gensel, uh, gets one at almost, uh, two minutes left in the period. So that made it four one, um, really just a, uh, uh, a terrible, terrible game. Um, and again, they'll play the, uh, the penguins again today, uh, again, one o'clock as well, um, before they, have Philly come in the door on Monday. Um, they'll uh, Bruins will end up playing Philly twice before we uh, we talk to you again on Wednesday. So we'll certainly be able to recap these three games. But um, what are you looking for, Sean? And and you know, is there anything that you can take out of uh, when, um, the the non April Fool's joke of the uh, the Bruins losing four uh, one to the Penguins? I mean, it just looks like this team doesn't have any direction right now everybody's slumping it's like the whole team is in a slump it's just like all it, i i mean i guess it's probably tough to could be it out i mean i know you hate hate the guy and he has his moments where he seems to uh crumble under the pressure and everything but that's a guy that they're all these guys in the locker room look up to he's a he's a friend of theirs they i mean him not being out on the ice with them has got to be tough um and you know you're you're sacrificing just a quality goaltending when you don't have a guy like him in there and you have, I mean, and I know Vladar, however you pronounce it, Vladar has played well, but I mean, you know, he's, he's a rookie. He's not going to be able to, to shoulder the amount of work that he's getting right now. And if Tuka's going to be out for, for an extended period of time, it's going to be tough because he just isn't battle tested yet. And I know it's, you got to learn some, sometime, but being the, the number two guy and playing as frequently like the Bruins backups play quite a bit in this league. I mean, he only, uh, Halak almost splits time with Tuka when Tuka's healthy. So, you know, Vladar getting all these starts is going to be – it's going to be a good learning experience for him, but it's going to be tough on the team. I mean, you know, he's not really NHL tested at, at all. So, I mean, this is a whole new territory for him. He doesn't have any experience in this area. So, I mean, he's a good goalie, but 
you're asking a lot of a kid that that before this wasn't playing any any games. So you know it's and the and the offense is non-existent. So I mean, you combine a guy, a shaky goaltender with guy with a team that can't score. I mean, how are you going to win games? It's 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 frustrating because they Pasternak, where's he been? Where's the whole offense been? I mean, you can't even single out one guy. It's the whole team. It's everybody in conjunction with one another. They're just not playing well. Stupid turnovers, not playing physical enough, losing puck battles in the corner, and they're not scoring. The bottom line is they're not scoring. So, And that's been their problem all season. They look really good, but when they look really bad, they look really bad. And right now they look really bad. I really can't say anything that I, A, disagree with what you just said, or B, to anything to add to that. I think that was very well said. On Again, the defensive side, they are starting to get guys back, which is good. But because they can't score, and yes, I understand that they've been a little bit better and uh, Cassidy's loosened the reins a little bit to let the, you know, the D kind of activate and get into the zone. But the problem is when they come back, they're playing a lot more defense or they're not able to play defense because they're letting these odd man rushes come by and, and beat them. And on the offensive end, you're right. It's just score the score, just score. And they can't find do a way, that. Find a way, man. Go to the net. Crash the net. They have yeah. to do something. They, I've never seen a team like, like the Bruins have so many shots blocked and missing the net. They do not hit the net, and it drives me insane. They'll, they'll pass the puck six times to look for that perfect shot, and then they'll shoot it right into the legs or right into the feet of the defenders, hit a skate, hit a knee, hit a guy in the back. They don't put the puck on the goalie. Yeah, all wide left to right. Yeah. Drives me nuts. It, yep. Right now, I mean, they can't buy a goal. So you know what they have to do? They have to crash the net, just throw pucks at the goalie, but make sure you're getting them on net. That's the biggest goal right now. Just hit the goalie. Two shots yeah. in the first period last game. Uh, I think they had, I want to say, 13 after two periods in the last game. It's like, that's not going to get it done, especially against better teams that can put the puck. They have the, the Penguins have guys that can put the puck in the net at will, about six or seven of them. And it's, it should be like that for the Bruins. They have the talent. I, it's, just, it's just crazy how they can go on these cold spells like this. And it's, it's, it's been on and off since the beginning of the year. And right now it's, it's looking like the worst it's been. So, and you know what? While this is all going on, they're just going down, 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 down in the standings. And in a year, weird year like this where the division has been shook, shaken up and um, four teams out of each conference or whatever, you, whatever the hell they call them now, uh, regional conferences or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, it's they're in danger. I mean, they got to start playing better. They start going to start scoring goals and winning games, or you, you might not see them in the playoffs. And that's going to be even more frustrating because this is time's running out for these guys. Yeah. A lot, a lot of them. I mean, like the, the core guys on this team, time is running out. For them. So it's either now or never. And I don't know. I don't know what they need to hear or what they need to do to get back in the groove, but something, they need something. Cassidy's got to spank them all or something. I don't know what it is, but they're really struggling and it's frustrating. So hopefully they can bounce back today. We'll see. I mean, they've had the Penguins number for the last, I don't know, 12 games at home until this past game. So hopefully they can bounce back. You know, that's all I'm looking for is offense, you know, score some, I'd like to see them put four in the net, five in the net would be nice, you know, but I'll start with one, then get two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, again, 
Nothing I can say that I disagree with or really to add, uh, except for one little thing, just how big this game against Pittsburgh is. So uh, right now it's, it's basically a three man race with Washington with 52 points, the Islanders and Pittsburgh with 50 points with the Islanders having the tiebreaker, um, you know, in, and in second place after that, it's Boston, Philly, and the Rangers for the fourth spot. And Boston is has the, 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 the line in at 41 points, but Pittsburgh and the Rangers have 38. So right. you lose to Pittsburgh. You get nothing. And you got Philly coming in back to back on Monday, Tuesday. And then the Rangers fall on that, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. But... I was just going to say. And then um, the Rangers, no. Um, then you've got the Capitals. And then the oh, Philly, then the Capitals. What? <laughs> it doesn't get yeah. any easier either way. <laughs> yeah, well, the, no, right. But it's actually worse because you've right. got literally, you've got um, Philly who can then control your destiny no matter what the Rangers do. You know what I mean? And you've got the best team in the league. So right now you're on a gauntlet of, um, of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Philly, Philly, Washington, Philly, Washington. And that's still the, that takes you to the 11th of, of April. So like, that's what I mean. So this, this isn't just, this isn't just a a game that you can go in all, you know, nimbly pimbly, you know what I mean? All, all, you know, lackadaisical, you know, and just like, Hey, yeah, you know, it's a Saturday matinee, you know, go out drinking with the boys after we can get after a little earlier tonight, fellas, you know, we got a day off tomorrow. We'll get a, you know, early drinking night. No, none of that shit. You're going to be studying for the final, bro. You got to make sure you get your ass to the, the, the rink early. You get your skating, you get your little workout in, do your little cardio, right? Get yourself in your mind right. Listen to some Nas. Listen to Enya. I don't care whatever you want to listen to, but get your mind right for Barbie this game. Yeah, listen, the Barbie girl, let's go. Give me Barbie girl. Absolutely. Yeah, I what, happened, what happened to those Bruins? Remember how good everything was when they were listening to the Barbie girl song yep. and dancing around? Hold on one second. I dropped my pen. No, it's all right. So yeah, no, I'm with you. But that's the thing is do whatever you need to, but get on it early and take it to Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? I I know that we bust balls about Nick Ritchie and I know rightfully so. And and most of it is, is, is a joking part, but you know what? Know what that guy is good for banging people, smashing people. I want Richie out there. I don't want him throwing his weight around. Not that I want I mean, and I say there's a lot of, it's not that I don't want his fat ass in front of the net, you know, to redirect pucks in, but I would rather have him in the corner of the boards, putting people's asses into the third row. You know what I mean? Like I, that's what I want out of Nick Ritchie today. I want him hitting people. I want him to be as much of an agitator as Brad Marchand is. So right. I think we need, yeah, him. I mean, they need a spark somewhere and they're not getting it from anybody right now. So, Somebody's got to take matters in their own hands, you know. It just seems like they do, they don't have any motivation right now, and I don't understand why. Because you know they're right in the they're right in the mix, and if they keep playing like this, they won't be. So they're gonna have to step up their game, you know, get focused, refocus, whatever it is, you know, splash some cold water on their face and wake and realize where they're at. Because right now it's it's a downhill. This this could escalate quickly. I mean, like you said, the next five six games, it's uh. Philadelphia, Washington, Philadelphia. I mean, that's not easy. So hopefully they can shake it off today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, bury some, bury some biscuits in the, in the back of that net there, you know? I, I'm with you. I, I'm completely with you. Well, 
Let's talk about another team that still needs uh, a, a lot of help. Um, that's the Celtics. We've got a 118-102 win over the terrible Houston Rockets. And I was just about to say that. You know, who cares? I, I mean, yeah, it was nice. They were... That's the worst team. That, <laughs> I think I saw a post that was funny the other day. It's, it had uh, the final four bracket set. and It said, <laughs> the winner of these two games will play for the national championship. And then the winner of that will play the Houston Rockets for the final spot in the NBA. <laughs> They're just, I mean, I, cool. It's nice to see the Celtics got a win, but geez. Yeah, we, well, it's like everybody's real happy about that win. Yeah, no. You know what? Man? That's the worst team in basketball. Jalen Brown posterizes guy. Great. That's like me dunking on my seven-year-old nephew. Like, who gives a shit? These guys have a lot I don't know. of problems. If it's, on, if it's on video and it's funny, you might get 10 grand. <laughs> well, you know. That's true. But, you know, I, it's just – yeah, yeah, I'm glad they won. And they took care of a team that they – if they had lost this game, Jesus, I mean, we'd be talking about a whole different – Yeah. I'd be firing Brad right now. But, you know, I mean, they should have won this game. I'm glad they did. You know what? I want them to put together a win streak, get some wins in a – you know, two, three, four wins in a row. Maybe start putting the pedal uh, – the foot on the gas pedal a little bit. Because right now, I mean, I they're borderline unwatchable to me. Um, the way that they play, it's just a nightmare. Jason Tatum holds the ball for 20 seconds and then tries to make some ridiculous fadeaway shot. You know what? They don't move the ball. There's no – nobody cuts to the basket. Nobody tries for the hard layups. Nobody – it's just hero basketball, shooting threes, and the, their style of play just drives me nuts. So hopefully they can they can put something together, you know. I, I just I'm, – I'm pretty much done with this Celtics team right now because it's not the right mix of people. There's not the right leadership. It's just – it's sad because they there is a lot of talent on this team, but they're just being underutilized and people's egos are getting in the way. It's just – I know you you don't know what's going on in the locker room, but it's pretty apparent that something's not right. That's all. It's just, it's just frustrating because they could be good and they lose to teams. They shoot themselves in the foot more than they lose to other teams is what it is, and that's why I get frustrated. Nope, I completely agree with that. I think, again, if you're excited about this Celtics uh, win, then I think you've lost sight of this Celtics what? team and, 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 and what's, what's important to them. I mean, yeah, I get it. Hey, great, you posterize somebody, and that's awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's awesome, right? Um, you know, we, I mean, again, I, <laughs> I'll sing my, one of my favorite songs. I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a baller. You know what I mean? I wish I was six four. You know, I wish I could be able to dunk. You know, it'd be great. You know, I'd love to be able to posterize and know what that feeling is like. Uh, but I'm never gonna do it for one. And B, okay, so I did it. Great, that's awesome. And C, now, your now, team's now what, and, four but, games but, up to five hundred. Right, but that's the thing and is you're doing now, it against the worst team in the league. Yeah, great. I did it. Now what? Oh, that's right. right. I gotta get back on defense. Because exactly. the other four guys are busting their ass trying to, you know, stop a five-on-four fast break because I'm still admiring what the hell I just did. So right. I, it's that's like – and, 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 I, and I do get that. Like basketball players almost more than anybody. Um, although I would say you could – basketball players as a collective, as a league, run on emotion as a league more than any other league. Yeah, I would I, say I, that I, I would say as individuals, they are close – close to football players, but I mean like the, the playmakers, like the running backs and wide receivers or the linebackers and the secondary play. Cause all those motherfuckers did, they, they celebrate after they make a tackle when they're down by 42 points. You know what I right. mean? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I made a tackle. 
Okay, that's, good. Yeah, that's that stuff drives me nuts. I mean, it's it does. It drives yeah, me insane too. Act like you act like you've been there before. Act like you're not down forty points, or act like you're not four games under five hundred. Yeah, in eighth place in the East. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they just Could you, you dunk. Get your know. ass back. Get your ass back on D. Yeah, they don't play I defense guess, at all. It's, no, it's unbelievable. No, no, no. It's well, I mean, again, you you know, it's at one point on this game, they were up by like 20, 25. Well, you only won by 16. Right. You they, know, and I, and I could say, oh, you're only won by 16. Up, they what? can get up by, by 20 points. They get up by 20 points on the regular and then they just continue to play lazy basketball and play. Oh, you know, we're up 20. It doesn't matter what I do. And then, you know what, that that lead vanishes and you're only up by two and then you lose by five or you lose by two in overtime, whatever it is. That's what's been happening. They just. They, they don't play a full, uh, whatever, 48 minutes ever. They don't play a full 48 minutes. No, they don't. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've always been a defender of this uh, of, of this player um, to a certain extent. I think he does do stupid shit, and this is what I'm going to address. Stop throwing the ball away by doing cute shit with it, Marcus Smart. I don't need a Harlem oh, Globetrotter behind-the-back bullshit that ends up in the seventh row. Enough. Make the fucking play. I don't care if you're up by 20 and you want to get cute with it. The only person who I allowed, respectfully, I allowed to get cute with the ball was Rajon Rondo because he was uh, uh, effing Houdini. He was he was Houdini with the ball. I mean, that was the back, but but he both of the time. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. He, but I mean that that behind the back, like hold on to it and then lay it up to get the. That was brilliant. But at least, but that's the thing is, not only did you have that, but that was in your repertoire and that was used to fake, not make the actual freaking pass. Yeah. Like so, what are we doing? Like Marcus, and and I'll be honest with you. The first time he does it, okay, fair. You tried something cute. The next time he did that in a game, yo, bench. No, no. Past Taco, you're on that yeah. side of the bench. You know where the trainer yeah, sits. You know where the trainer sits. Sit further. Sit further away. I will let you know when you can come up and ask for playing time. That's not. That's not Brad Stevens' style, man. And that's what this team needs is somebody that would do that. Somebody that would that would check these guys and realistically put them in their place because they all think they're God's gift to the earth. This yep. team thinks they've won six titles. They haven't won anything. Oh, cool. You made it to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years. Did you go to the finals? No. Nope. No, you didn't. Nope. Did you win anything? No. Did you get anything? No. Oh, well, but, I mean, yeah, you were in the final four for the final two. Whatever, man. Did you win anything? No. Because you know what matters at the end of the day? The trophy. I want the trophy. If you don't have the trophy, don't come talk to me about it. And it, it, this team, they have a foundation problem. It starts at the bottom level. And you know what? You can't build anything until the foundation is set. So until this team makes some severe, I'd say severe and like big, really big changes, they're not going to go anywhere. I don't yep. think this team will ever win a championship with Brad Stevens. And you know what's crazy? Is I think Brad Stevens could go somewhere else and win a championship. Because yeah. you know what? He just doesn't have the pieces. And the pieces that he do ha- does have, they don't work well together. It's yep. like... So let me ask too, you a question. Could too you... much of the same in that locker room. So... I don't know. Let's um. How can I word this? All right. So hypothetically, right? The offseason, Danny Ainge says, "Okay, we're gonna make a trade. We're gonna break up the band. I'm trading either Brown or Tatum, and that's irrelevant. Who gets traded? 
My question is, is do you trade one of them or fire Brad first? And here's my, and here's why I ask is, do you think now, now see the thing is you just said, you just said, you don't think um, he can win in, in this league at all, but you think he could go somewhere and be and, and win somewhere else. So then you, in my opinion, that's what to kind of dawn this question. You think he's still good enough to be a winnable coach or a winning coach or a championship coach. So if that's the case, and you also just said that they need a breakup, do you fire him now or at the end of the season or part ways, however you want to call it, or do you make a trade, either Tatum or Brown, and keep him in and see if he can win if you bring in another big name piece? Because again, we can both I, agree that Tatum or Brown should net you something really good on the way back. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I think. I think if they. If they. I mean, it's. It's going to depend on which direction they want to go. But I mean, I think they can all see. And I, I know Danny talks about this on his radio interviews. But I think he's pretty cognizant of the fact that this isn't working. This group of guys isn't working. I know they. Um, they didn't make any significant trades at the trade deadline. They haven't signed anybody. Um, I mean, Kemba Walker, yeah, great, but he's been in and out of the lineup for the last two years. He's 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 kind of like a third guy at this point. But yeah, if you're gonna make a trade and get rid of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, I think yeah, maybe you should give Brad another chance because you know what it is. I think and 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 from what I hear and what I see, I think Tatum is the guy that needs to go. It seems like he he thinks thinks he's above where he really is, and I think it seems like he's tuned out Brad as a as a coach. And you know what? If you if you want to get rid of Tatum and Brown or Tatum and Brown and Smart and bring some guys in that that will respond to his coaching techniques and the way that he runs the team, great. But if they don't and they want to stick with these these guys, then you got to get a new coach in here because they're not listening to Brad. So it's one or the other, in my opinion. I mean, well, I guess not one of the. If you're gonna trade, if you get rid of, I think if you get rid of Tatum, you can keep Brad Stevens. If you keep Tatum. Stevens is useless to you. Just that's just how I feel. What if you got rid of Brown and got somebody in? You still think T, uh, you think Stevens is useless? Yeah, I just don't think Tatum's ever going to take that next step with Brad Stevens as the coach. I just feel like there's some kind of disconnect there, and and you see it in the way Tatum plays his game. So you narrow it. Like he, huh? Sorry. I was going to say, so you narrow it down to Tatum versus Stevens, and that's that's the yeah. End. Okay. It's one, the, it's one or the other for me. Okay. Yeah, I listen. I, I again, I don't agree, uh, disagree with you there either. I I think. As much as it sucks, because I do like Jason Tatum, I generally think he's a he's a he's a worldly talent. You know, he's he's a generational type of player. Um, I just think again, like you said, he he doesn't want to do the things that I think he should do. And I heard a comparison that says he idolized Kobe, loved Kobe, like he wanted to be that way. And somebody had mentioned that you know that mental mental makeup. Well, so not only does he not have the same mental makeup and the desire and drive. Um, but if Kobe didn't want to do something, Kobe didn't have to do it. Right. And that, and that's what I mean. I think he thinks he's above everybody else in that locker. Right. Up. And that's, I, that's yeah. Fine. And that's the thing is he's like, okay, well, if Kobe didn't have to do it, then why the hell should I? Well, dude, right. you're not yet. And I'll say yet. Cause you could be eventually you could be at that level and, and the sense of, of a talent, not the level of who know, Kobe I, yeah, Bryant I, and was, I agree right? with you. I agree. He has all the potential in the world to be a Kobe Bryant esque player. That's sure. what I mean. But like, I don't think he has. Right. I don't think he has it mentally, and I don't think he has the work ethic Kobe did either. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering, as much as it would suck and it would pain me, I wonder um, if trading Tatum isn't the right move. I, I man, I'm I'm kind of on board with it right now because you know what? I'm sick of watching this team. I I don't they 
don't do anything for me. And until they, I just, you know what it is, is I have no faith in them to win anything. They're not going to beat these better teams. And especially the way that the NBA is now, look at where they, look at the Brooklyn Nets are going to roll everybody for the next five years. If they keep yep. this, I, and I don't know how they're going to be able to pay all these guys, but Jesus, it seems like every guy that becomes available runs right to Brooklyn. They're building yeah. a super team. So, I mean, well, it's going to be, I, I, as much as I hate to see it, I hope the world implodes if it's Brooklyn versus the Lakers. Well, you know, and really that's, the thing. that's honestly, in my opinion, in my opinion, that's a good thing for the Reds. I mean, not, not the Red Sox, the Celtics to see that because they're going to look at their team and say, you know what? We'll never be able to compete with these guys. We need to do something different. Whether that be get a motivator, get a leader, get some guy in the, in the locker room that's going to coach this team. Like it, I, I keep going back to Doc Rivers, somebody that has the, 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 the resume, yep. the respect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Somebody that's going to come in there and really command the locker room or go out and get a guy like uh, Anthony Davis or Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, those aren't realistic, but that's, you're going to have to have a top five guy in the top five guy in the league. If you're not going to get a, get a coach that can get the most out of this team. So right now they're not going anywhere. So I don't think it really even hurts them to trade Tatum at the moment, because you know what? He's their best player. And you know what? Their team is garbage. So Move on. Start over. I, I, it's let me, just frustrating. Let me, let me ask you a question, and I don't know. Um, would you, if you could, and again, I don't know this, this, this guy's name just came to me, but I think it would be something that you might be able to, to, to convince Dallas to do. Would you do Tatum for Luka Doncic? Yeah, I definitely would. Because you know what? Luka has that that attack, that killer mentality. You can see Yeah, he showed game. it. He kicked he our ass. Game changer. He is a game changer. That kid is a an assassin on the court. Imagine, imagine uh, Brown, Luca, Smart, Kemba. Even I mean, I would, that's, I would that's, take Luca. I would trade Tatum for Luca, and I don't, I don't, I, I don't think Dallas would do that. But, but you know, I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. Um, I mean, the kid's just too good. That's a guy you like, see. That's the difference between the problem we're having right now is Luca is so damn good that I don't think Dallas would ever move on from him, at least not right now. And Tatum could be like him, but isn't. And the Celtics are going to have to make a decision on him. So it's tough because I don't think Dallas would. Looking at what Jason Tatum is right now, they can they can tell that they have they have a val- talent evaluators and scouts and just from the from my opinion, my eye test says that he's not even on the same level as Luca. Yeah. Mentally, I mean, physically he might be, but definitely not mentally. He definitely doesn't have that that killer instinct like Luca does. So, well, yeah, I love that, uh, but I don't think well, it's going to happen. How about this? If you want to, send us an email, thearmchairsportsguys at gmail.com, and give us your best Celtics trade that involves Jason Tatum. And again, we want people like Luka Doncic, um, Anthony Davis, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Guys like that, and I understand some of it may not, you know, work, you know, financially. I know that there's um, an NBA trade machine. Yeah, there's an NBA trade machine out there, so we want to see that, you know, that that you can, you know, show. Not, I don't want, you know, oh, we'll trade, we'll trade Tatum for LeBron James straight up. Like, no, that's not a realistic trade. It would never happen. Like, go to the NBA trade machine, find your best trade that involves Jason Tatum. Um, and, uh, if you send it in, you know, maybe we'll have you come on the show and, and talk about it and to give us your reasons why. But, uh, again, that's the armchair sports guys at gmail.com. 
Um, so yeah, I agree with you as well. Uh, I think that that is something that, uh, we need to look for going forward. I know the Celtics have a game, uh, tomorrow, uh, against Charlotte, uh, our old friend Gordon Hayward is back who may not even play, uh, tomorrow as well. So yeah, good stuff all the way around, but it is time for our favorite segment here, the armchair sports guys, jackass of the week. And, uh, well, you know, you can kind of guess, uh, obviously by who it is on the screen, why we're doing this. Well, (laughs) this dumb son of a bitch, um, basically is, um, got into a Twitter beef with, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, and uh, I'm going to read some of them. It, it, so he outed Kevin Durant uh, on this. Um, and he said, and let me get to it. I quote this. So this is from Michael Rappaport's Twitter. I receive threats and disgusting messages daily, all caps for daily, but I never in my wildest dream did I think at KD Trey five, which is Kevin Durant's Twitter would be among them. The snake himself is now threatening me, bringing up my wife, and wants to fight. This is supposed to be America's sweetheart, right? Hashtag, I'm da, D-A, I'm the real MVP. Okay. I just want to make, that's literally it. So I'm like, okay. So, again, this is KD seemed deeper, deeply in his feelings with the NBA on TNT crew after the game. Damn it, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. And he says, use a bitch, was Katie's response. Just do the fucking interview. And if you're upset about something, they've said, say something. Up there looking like you're going to cry and shit. Uh, Katie, I did the interview, you dickhead. Tell your baby daddy Chuck to be better at his job and frame his questions better. He gave me two questions for that, two options for that dumb question. Yes or no. Um. And he goes on and on and on. Uh, I love Katie's line. He goes, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) I'm not even going to read what he said out before. I swear I'm a spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. Bet your life on it. Meet me tomorrow, W17 tomorrow. Meet me on W17 tomorrow at 10. Or better yet, what's your address? 10 a.m. at Catch Steak on the corner. Meet me there, pussy. Um... And then, you know, it just he calls him a clown. Uh, can't wait to tell you all this in person. Um, and then Katie also said to Michael Rappaport, you called your lawyer like the pussy you are. You couldn't talk Portnoy. T- you couldn't talk Portnoy talking shit. Defamation of character, question marks. Pussy, pussy ass want to lawyer up. Your wife mad as fuck because you wasting that little bit of money on a lawyer because you can't take a joke. How pussy are you? Your wife doesn't even respect your bitch ass. Um, and these are all DMs from Rappaport and Kevin Durant. Um, first of all, the reason why Rappaport's here and, and, and why I think Rappaport is a bitch. And I'll be honest, before we even go too far, um, the NBA released a following statement um, and it is the following. The Brooklyn Nets forward Kevin Durant has been fined $50,000 for using 
offensive and derogatory language on social media, blah, 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 blah. So Katie is 50K lighter. But here's the thing and the reason why it's Rappaport, not Kevin Durant. Um, all right. Yes, did Kevin Durant say those things? Sure. Did he want to fight Rappaport? Okay, who doesn't? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. But this is a thing with with Michael Rappaport. And he did this to Portnoy. Uh, he's done this to other David Portnoy uh, the uh, uh, of Barstool Sports. He's done this to other people where he's outed DMs and starts something that wasn't even really there. Now, granted, yes, it was there because they were bitching back and forth. And Katie should have come out and say, oh, you're mad because it's a joke. No, Katie, I think you really wanted to kick this guy's ass. And again, I don't blame you. But in the same token, don't out, if you're Michael Rappaport, this conversation. You know what I mean? Like, right. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah, I just... Like, I, like high school girl stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and, and then this guy thinks he's... Re- like, the only reason Michael Rappaport is relevant is when, or, or the only reason uh, how he gets relevant is by starting beefs with famous people on social media. You know, he did it to Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports. They ran his ass out of the, you know, out of the room. You know, he's doing it to KDs, run his ass out of the room. He's had other Twitter beefs, you know, with other people. And they've, they've bitch slapped him all the way across, you know, across the globe. So I, it's just, this guy, he's, he's not, He's not even relevant. And it's just funny that, you know, he, he just starts like, and I'll, and I'll say this, we're a relatively new show, right? Mm-hmm. Only about a year into this or so, you know, consistently doing the armchair sports guys, you know, new logo, fresh looks, fresh takes, things like that. We're not relevant either, but I'm not going to go on fucking Twitter and pick a fight with somebody that is. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, and, and again, and again, I know Michael Rappaport was famous. He started movies. He's a big basketball guy, but he's just kind of a douche from all from. <laughs> and again, I, I don't know him personally. I don't think you know him personally, but he comes across as this douche and then like outs people for, you know, calling him out on his douchiness and wants love and sympathy from his fans who, you know, are dwindling as, you know, as fast as anybody. So it's like, I just don't get it out of this guy. So, you know, it's like, dude, you know, stay in your lane. Realize you're not even a a, 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 a list a Z-list actor. You're just a fucking hack wannabe and just enjoy existing. Be happy you live in the time to watch guys like Kevin Durant play basketball, whether you like him or not. And be, be, be excited that you at least can DM him and, you know, say hi and, and talk shit, you know, uh, respectfully to him. You know what I mean? Like... How many people would love to be have a direct line to people like Kevin Durant? You know what I mean? Like, you know, hey, hey, saw the game last night, saw you put up 45. Nice job, champ. You know what I mean? Like, how would you love to be able to tell you? I mean, you, you have a hard-on for James Harden, right? So would you love to be able to text him, you know, hey, wish you came to Boston. I, I text him and tell him to come to Boston. That's what I mean. Yeah, you would have yeah, you would have said that, or you would have been like, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, I love you, bro, but every time you come to Boston, I'm booing your ass. You know what I mean? I'll see you. I'll, we'll hang out shortly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you could have at least done something like that, but no, this guy decides to pick a fight with like Kevin Durant. Cause you know, he's an idiot. So, uh, 
anything else you want to touch base on with that one? No, I think you covered it pretty well there. Yeah. Well, so that Guys, is he's just taking he's taking L after L after L. He's losing yeah. them all, man, and he's just gonna keep losing them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it look at him. He just like Jesus. Like what a ah. He just looks like a douche. <laughs> he looks he looks like a smug prick that you just want to punch in the face every time you see him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, but Michael Rappaport, you sir are our jackass of the week. So that is it. Again, thanks for being a part of our show. Uh, we tried to keep it under or right around an hour. Yeah, sorry about, uh, sorry about my like, technical difficulties. Yeah, you know. You on the phone now. I, I, think, you know I think I got to reset, reset my router. That's all right. You know, hey, that's... I that's internet on anything right now. It's not working out too well. Well, that's at least why we've got modern technologies. You can be able to bounce and do different things and set stuff up. So no problem. I, again, appreciate Mike LaChance jumping on, uh, surprising us, jumping on and being a part of the show. Uh, you know, good luck to him on his uh, his endeavors out there on uh, Wave Radio Boston. Uh, for Rich Mays and Matt O'Brien, Sean Farhadian, I am TJ Mitchell with the Armchair Sports Guys. Make sure you're following us on all our social media, the Armchair Sports Guys on Facebook, the Armchair Sports Guys on Instagram, and Armchair underscore guys on Twitter, also on TikTok at the Armchair Sports Guys. If you want to join the show, again, like Mike did, click that link on your phone when you see it come up through your Facebook feed. And you'll call in right to the show. You can talk about anything we have on the docket. Or if there's a topic you think we missed and you want to talk about, by any means, give us a call. It's it's pretty much free forum here on the Armchair Sports Guys uh, from a caller's perspective. Uh, also, if you want to send us an email, maybe again, like I said, you have a trade that for Jason Tatum that you want to give to us that could net us back a guy like a Chris Tapps Porzingis or an Anthony Davis type player, send us an email, the armchair sports guys at gmail.com. And we can coordinate maybe getting you on the show to debate it. Uh, or if you want your email, just sort of read on the, uh, on the air, so to speak, uh, we can do that too. and give you the proper credit for the trade. Um, I think that should be it. So again, on behalf of Rich and Matt, for Sean, I am GJ signing off as a enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great rest of your uh, afternoon, evening. And we will talk to you. Yeah, go Sox, go Bruins. Uh, Celtics don't F it up tomorrow. Um, And uh, obviously the draft coming up soon. We're now into April. Draft will be coming up. We're going to go. We're going to go a little bit into some, uh, yeah, Christmas is coming. Uh, Santa's coming down the chimney. Uh, We're going to be talking a little bit of draft and where the Patriots could land if they trade up. And if they don't, who do we want them taking and why at 15? Uh, But that's our show for Sean. I'm GJ. Peace out. Enjoy your Saturday. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.